Well, today is week two, week two of our series called Baggage. Last week we talked about the importance of checking our baggage, acknowledging it, recognizing, knowing that it's there, that we were able to deal with it appropriately and then able to move on, amen? And I believe we did that in Jesus' name. Uh, Today, I want to speak to you on the subject, the bag that won't let go. The bag that won't let go. What is it in your life that you can overcome 95, 98% of things, but there's just that one thing that you just can't seem to kick. There's just that one thing that just is persistent and it just keeps coming back. And you can overcome it for a week, and you can overcome it for two weeks, but then there it is, rearing its head at you one more time. But I believe today is a day of new beginnings. I I hope you believe it with me, that it is a day of new beginnings. Can I tell you that it does not matter how long that that thing, whatever it is to you, has held you captive. Can I tell you that there is freedom and breakthrough in Jesus today? And we're going to go through this together. Are you ready for the word? Amen. The bag that won't let go. Because the truth is that every single one of us in this place today are going through this journey that we call life. And somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, we started picking up things. And maybe it was just a gradual process. It just, you know, it it goes unnoticed. Somewhere along the way, things started just piling up on us. And one thing after the other, you started picking up things that truly in, in, in all reality shouldn't be part of the trip, shouldn't be part of the journey. And we find ourselves facing the dichotomy or facing the dilemma of, Are we going to fight our whole life to be able to just overcome? Are we going to fight to try to get rid of whatever this is, this habit, these choice of words, this mindset? Are we going to fight to get rid of it or are we going to accept it? And as a result of that, we start compensating and start coping through it. And the deal is today. The truth is that a lot of us are not fully enjoying the journey, not because of the destination, but because somewhere, someplace, some incident, some conversation, some words that were spoken to us, an interaction that occurred, and now we find ourselves weighed down. We find ourselves not enjoying it. We just go through the motions. So many of us can find ourselves in that place. And we talked about last week that what is the Bible refers to and identifies as a stronghold. It's something that has just that, a stronghold on your life. And today we're going to talk about the bag that won't let go. Because so many times we've been there when someone gives their life to Jesus There are things that instantly change and and we can overcome a lot of the things that we used to participate in, used to be a part of. But there are some things that you just can't seem to shake. 
Maybe there's just that one thing that just keeps coming back. That one area that you struggle with and you've struggled with for some time. The thing that keeps showing back up. And some of us in here may have resigned to the fact and may, start, may have started to think, maybe I just have to live this way. And, and many of us ha- have come to church and said, God, I, I'm sorry, never again. But as soon as we leave, we find ourselves caught in that same temptation. Getting rid of the bag that won't let go once and for all is our objective today. To experience the true freedom, the real freedom that God has for us. So we don't have to cope any longer, so you don't find yourself compensating for it any longer. No, the Apostle Paul, who who had some baggage himself, I love what he writes in, in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He says, I don't really understand myself. I, I really don't understand myself. This guy is writing two-thirds of the New Testament, is a brilliant man, but he is saying, I really don't understand, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Have you ever found yourself in that situation? I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Have you ever done something? And you say, Why did I just do that? Why did I just say that? Why did I, what, why? Instead, I do what I hate. That one thing that we haven't really been able to conquer, that one thing that just keeps coming back, some things that I want to just share with you to, to help us recognize what that looks like. You might be dealing with something. So I want to talk about just a few things, what, what, we, what can be known as the cycle of destruction. The cycle of destruction. And the first thing is it becomes part of your destiny. It becomes part of your destiny. When you take that one thing, and, and it's not just a problem anymore, but you say, this is who I am. I guess this is who I'm, I'm intended to be. And, the, and when you act up a certain way, I guess that's just in my blood. Se me, lo, se me salió lo carranco. That's just, my, my granddad was like that. My dad was like that. And I'm sorry, I just have accepted the fact that I'm going to always be like this. My granddad was a drunk. My dad was a drunk. And I'm, I can't seem to shake the habit. My grandmother struggled with gossip. My mother struggled with gossip. And now I find myself. Not being able to deal with it. You've accepted it as part of your story. And you say, I guess this is who I am. I guess this is the way things will always be. Can I tell you, it does not have to be you. That it can stop. That habit can stop with you. That addiction can stop with you. The vice that you have been facing can stop with you. And years from now, if God tarries, that your children can be blessed because of decisions that you're making today. I can't help but think. When, when, when I, I'm grateful for God, not that everything's perfect, but I, my, because of a decision that my great-grandmother made back in the 1960s and because of a decision that my grandparents made and then my parents, I'm able to stand here today grateful for God's faithfulness throughout its generations. Not that everything's perfect, but because they made some choices back then. 
And, and the thing is, you can say that may not be your story, but can I tell you that your great-grandchildren will be grateful one day for decisions and choices that you make today for you to say, you know what, the anger, that, we, that, that temper that, that has been in my family that I just fly off the handle, but it stops here today with me, and my children will not inherit this, and my grandchildren will not because of decisions we make today. It does not have to be you. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. I want to tell you and I want to declare to you today that you can overcome it. That you can beat it. And even if it's been part of your story up to this very day, that it does does not have to be any longer. You can overcome. The second thing is this. Not only do you accept it as part of your destiny, but then you feel increasingly hopeless. You feel increasingly hopeless. You've tried in your own strength and in your own might. You've tried and nothing has changed. You've done, you've tried to do things different and nothing has changed. And as a result of that, you've already checked out. You're hearing me right now and you're saying that's good for the person on the right, that's good for the person on the left, but it's not for me. Can we just say amen and get out of here? You may be thinking that. You may not have even wanted to come this morning, just came so no one would nag at you. Just came so no one would call you or text you, hey, where were you today? I missed you. It's just progressed too long and it's gone on for so long that you find yourself not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. You find yourself with not even seeing a way out. You feel hopeless. The third thing is you become defensive. Ever met a defensive person? That they actually defend their problem. You can, can we, we can get there. Where we actually defend our problem. Or, or it even gets to the point where we say, I don't have a problem. Get out of my face, man. I'm okay. Or you say, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my story. We become defensive of why we're in that place to begin with. God help us. The fourth thing is you become a slave. You become a slave. It starts telling us how to live our life. We become a slave to it. The one thing, that one area that bosses our life, that dictates everything that we do because we're a slave to it. We don't care who it affects. We don't care what it affects. We don't care The end result is we want, we have to do this. That one habit, that one thing that has so much power over you, over me, that stronghold, that has such a stronghold over your life that you cannot seem to make any progress. God help us. And the last thing is this. You begin to lose your life. This is the cycle of destruction. You begin to lose your life. And the truth is that this is a tragedy because all the hopes and the dreams that you had, all the aspirations, all the ambitions, everything that you once hoped for and what you once envisioned has just seemed to slip from your grasp. All those hopes. And can I tell you, it even gets to the detrimental fact that even the promises of God 
can be real for everyone around us, but they can't be real for me. You begin to lose your life. And you say the page has already been written. You resign to yourself to the fact that this is how I will be forever. And that's where we start compensating. And that's where we start coping. And that's where we, we just say, if, I, if I'm not going to change, I just might as well learn how to deal with it. Romans 6, 12 says this, do not let sin control the way you live. Amen. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. Aren't you glad for the but in your story? But God. I was dead, but God. I was sick, but God. I was lonely, but God. I was frustrated, but God. I was going through a depression, but God. I was oppressed and I was isolated, but God. Can I tell you, just let God insert himself into your story. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom, the freedom of God's grace. You live now under the freedom of God's grace. So how do I know if I really am under this whole master? How, do you, how, how can I know if sin is mastering my life? I'm going to tell you it can be as simple as food, that it, that it dictates what we do. It can be what you do after the temptation to stick our finger down our throat. It could be shopping. It could be that click, could be that pay, that website. It could be that one thing that you don't know why you just keep going back. It could be the language that you use. It could be the anger that is present in your life. It could be anything, anything that controls us. That when we become obsessed with it, it controls us. So here's some reflection, reflecting, some questions for reflection. You may have an issue if your family, do your family and friends say you have a problem? Do you continue doing it even though it is hurting those around you? Do you arrange your schedule around it? Can you go one week without it? Is it leading you to isolation? And the last one, are you trying to keep it a secret? Chances are you're being mastered by something that is holding you back. Maybe, you know, there, there's some people that 
I'd say, no, 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 I just, I just struggle on days that start with T. You heard that? No. Tuesday, Thursday, today, tomorrow, Tatterday, Tunday. <laughs> just trying to lighten the mood. I know this, this is some heavy stuff. But can I tell you, God wants you to experience complete and total freedom. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to help you because I love you that much that I want you to take some practical biblical principles that I'm about to, we're going to unpack that you can take and apply to your life and it can change the trajectory, can change the destiny, can change the route that you have been going on. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. God's word has some wonderful solutions for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says this, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Spirit, which is the, the word pneuma in the Greek, it, it, it means that when God shows up, it changes your life. When God shows up, it changes your life like a powerful wind. The God that we serve is Numa, that, that his breath, that his life, that his, the spirit can change you. There can be freedom regardless of what has held you hostage, what has held you bound. And I want to tell you here at Impact City, it is our objective, it is our goal that we just want to create an environment where in one second that you can walk in with the burden that, that has been weighing on your life, that you can walk in. And because of God's spirit, his presence, it's not anything about any person in this, in this place. It is about God and him alone that, that you would come with a heavy burden and that you would experience freedom because of him. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He set you free so that you could continually live in freedom. He came to set you free. Jesus is still, can I tell you, he's still on a rescue mission. To get you out of the mess that you have been in for so long. He is still on a rescue mission. There is a relentless, unfailing love that chases you, pursues you, goes after you and says, I, I love you too much to leave you in the mess that you're in. But we also have a part to play. So the question that I want to ask is how do we experience true freedom? How do we experience true freedom. There's three things that I want to share with you, and then I'll be done. The first thing is you got to eliminate the excuses. You have to eliminate the excuses. Now, I, I don't want to... I don't want to take lightly the true things that we have been through. There are things in our lives that have, that have been done to us that are not okay. I want, I want to be very clear on that. What they said to you, what they did to you, that was not okay. We have things that we can legitimately blame. Whether it be a relative, whether it be an event. But I want to rise to, to tell you this morning, but blaming someone else is not going to help you get out of the mess. I can't stay in a victim state. 
But we have to make a decision and say, I can no longer let it keep me back. I'm forgiving and I'm going to move forward. I can no longer let it keep me back. Can you tell yourself that this morning? I can no longer let it keep me back. Look what Luke 14, 18, and 20, 18 through 20 says, talking about making excuses. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Me, excuse after excuse. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. There's always going to be something that, can, that we can blame. There's always going to be, there's, there will always be an excuse if that's what we're looking for. But we have to move past that together in Jesus' name and, and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eliminate the excuses. And maybe you're in this place and you say, I've tried, I've tried, and, and you, I can't. I can't. I can't seem to do it. The Apostle Paul, when he's writing to the church in, in Philippi, one of his last books, he, he is writing from a Roman jail cell. And, and he is telling the people, he's saying, I know what it's like to have an abundance and I know what it's like to lack. I know what it's like, he's saying, to be in different circumstances. But this is what he said, I can do all things. Through Christ. That strengthened me. So you may find yourself in different seasons. You may find yourself up. You may find yourself down. But can I tell you, you can do all things through Christ. Which strengthened me. Whatever lie you have been told, can we replace it today with God's word? Whatever lie you have believed, can we replace it today with God's word? The second thing is this. We have to cut the ties. I have to eliminate the excuses and I then I have to cut the ties. I just can't come into this room and say that was good, it felt good, and then go right back to what I was, I've been struggling with. I can't go right back to the influences. I can't go back to the same same environment. I can't go back to the same people. I'm not talking about your spouse. You can't, you can't look at your wife and say, honey, you're the problem. No, it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people in our lives that just always seem to talk negative and always seem to weigh us down and always seem, instead of encouraging us, they're always just discouraging us. There are those negative influences. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say, th I say this is your shame. What are we doing? What am I doing different to make sure that I don't end up in the same place? Are you with me this morning? What, what are we doing different to make sure that we don't end up in the same place? What do you need to cut from your life? Who do you need to cut from your life that you can tangibly disconnect the ties that are weighing us down? James 4 and 7 says this, submit yourselves then to God. And, and we, have, we don't have a lot of issues with that. We, we know that we are to submit to him. 
But then it says this, resist the devil. And this is where many can struggle. And he will flee from you. Because it says resist. He doesn't give up easily. But if you can resist, and if you can stand your ground, and if you can stand firm, resist the devil, and he will flee. It's God's word, and his word is never wrong. Sometimes you just got to say, nope, not going to do it. I'm not going to eat that third cinnamon roll. If you're serious about finding free, I love cinnamon rolls. Just uh, throwing that out there. If you're serious about finding freedom, we have to let go of some things. Can I tell you that whatever it is in your life, that sin, that habit, that choice, that mindset, can I tell you it's not worth it from experiencing all that God has for you? Can I tell you that God has so much more to offer you but there are some things that just are holding us back. And every time you try to take one step forward, you take two steps back, and it's just right there. Can I tell you it's not worth it? And here's the last one. I'm going to draw to a close. Because when we start taking things out, as we rid ourselves, there is an emptiness. As you start taking out anger, as you start taking out frustration, as you start taking out alcoholism, as you start emptying yourself of that, you, there's a void that is left. And this is the reason why when you start trying to separate yourself, a lot of people end up going back to it because it's what they've known all their life. When you take out the bad that has weighed you down, it can create an emptiness. It does create an emptiness. And it can get lonely. It can get lonely. Because that thing that has been part of your life for so long is no longer there. That routine, that cycle, when you cut it out, it's no longer there. Which is why, like I mentioned, a lot of people just, it's easier to go back. It's familiarity. It is familiar territory. Well, I just don't understand why he's still with her, why she's still with him, because it's familiar territory. I don't understand how he cannot shake that. How she cannot overcome that because it's familiar territory. You've tried to rid yourself of it. And there's an emptiness. So the third thing is this. You've got to fill the void. You have to fill the void. You have to put something that is meaningful Something that has value in its place. So as I take out anger, what am I going to replace? Ephesians 5 and 18 says this. Do not get drunk on wine. 
which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It can be anything. It doesn't just have to be alcohol that can lead to debauchery. What, what that means is when your senses take over. When your senses take over your life. And it, and it is your senses that call the shots. Your senses control your life now. And Paul tells the church in Ephesus, be filled with the Spirit. If you are going to get rid of that... What you have to do is you have to fill yourself. Let God fill you. Let God fill the emptiness in your life. So I want to share with you just some sub points. I've got 11 minutes. How do, what do I, what can I fill my life with? The first thing is God's word. His word is alive. It's not just a story, a compilation of books, of history. No, his word is alive. Hebrews says that it is quick and it is powerful and it is sharper than any two-edged sword that pierces and can do some real change on the inside. His word is alive. Am I making his word a priority in my life? Fill the void with his word. Don't just depend. I, I, I love you, but I cannot sustain you. You got to do some self-feeding. Amen. You got to do some self. Get a daily devotional. Get a plan, the 365-day Bible plan. Start reading his word and let his word change your life. Let his word change your life. Ephesians 5 says that we are washed by the cleansing of God's word. We are washed. What is it that is trying to stain your life, that's trying to bring in this filth in your life? We can be washed by the cleansing of God's word. We all have stains. We all have issues. We all have problems. We need his word. We're washed by his word. I got to get in his word. Get, replace your bag with his word. The second thing is prayer. Prayer is not a ritual. It's not meant to just be something that we repeat. No, it is a conversation with God. And that's all you have to do. Just talk to him. Talk to him as you talk to your best friend. When you come to God. When you come and you come boldly to him with your addiction, with your anger, with your frustration, can I tell you that he understands? He understands Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. One of my favorite verses says the high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. He understands for he faced all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. It's available to you. He knows what you're facing. The next thing is this. You got to find yourself an accountability partner. So I'm going to empty my, I'm going to empty all this junk out of my life. I got to fill it with God's word. I have to fill it with prayer. 
And I got to find an accountability partner. Find someone you trust that's not going to run and tell the whole world. We need people in our lives that you can call and say, hey, I'm really struggling right now. They can keep us honest. People who can call us late at night, people who can call us during lunch. That's why small groups are so important. Small groups are so important because it creates spaces and environments where people can be honest. Say, can I just tell you what's really going on? And you can take, pull down the mask and just say, you know what, I'm really struggling right now. And that you could find love, comfort, and support in a brother and a sister. That we can support each other, that we can lift each other up when we're down. Find someone. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Book of James says that when we confess our sins to another, that there is healing. And the final thing is this, ministry. I'm taking out all the junk. So what am I going to replace it with? I'm going to replace it with prayer, with God's word. I'm going to find an accountability partner. And the last thing is this, ministry. Do something that makes a difference in this world. You have talents, skills, abilities, and gifts that nobody else in this world has. So I'm, I'm inviting you, get involved, join our dream team. There is a place for you. There is a place for you. Get involved. Romans 12, 21 says this, do not be overcome by evil. Do not be overcome by that bag, but no, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. I'll end with this. The baby elephant principle. The baby elephant principle because next week we're going to talk about staying free. Next week we're going to talk about how you maintain it. But today we're getting rid of that one bag, that one thing that has held you back for so long. And there's what's known as the baby elephant principle. That when an elephant is born, they chain it to a stake in the ground. And that baby elephant attempts to get away. Only to find itself. Only being able to go so far before it's, it finds itself stuck. Only being able to move within a certain perimeter. And then it moves and it has to come back. Because there's a stake that has chained it to the ground. And as the elephant begins to grow and get stronger, it's said that the elephant has resigned itself to the fact that why do I even try? Why do I even try? So here you have this massive animal that is chained to a stake. But because it had gone through so many different experiences where it had tried to get away, it just couldn't. It just tried to make progress and it couldn't. I just tried to shake it and I couldn't. And I just tried to move and I couldn't. That now it doesn't even try. Because they've gone through too much. 
They've experienced so much rejection and they've experienced so much failure that they just, here you have this huge animal chained to the same chain with the same stake and it doesn't even try anymore. But if the elephant realized its strength, if the elephant realized how strong and how mighty it truly is, it could break free. And I'm rising to tell someone in this holy house today in the last three minutes that you have tried in your own strength. That you have tried in your own power and, and, and you can't seem to move forward. Well, I dare you to do your best Taylor Swift and shake it off. I, you've tried and you just can't move. You, you've tried and I can't seem to shake this habit and I can't seem to stop talking like this and I can't stop to seem think, to stop thinking like this and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried but I've come to tell you you can't do it on your own. But the same spirit that raised God from the dead I feel it in this place today the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in me. It's alive in you. You don't realize how strong you are. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. It's by His Spirit. I can't, but I can do all things through Him. I'm gonna invite you to stand. Hallelujah. You've tried on your own. Same result. It's not what you can do. It's what God can do. Father, we're grateful today. Hallelujah. I thank you that even though I've struggled with this for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that my story doesn't have to end like this. I thank you that there is hope in you. I thank you that there is a new season in you. I thank you that this addiction can't weigh me down any longer. I thank you that this habit can't weigh me down any longer. Right now, Spirit of the living God, would you clear the air of the low-lying black cloud that has been over our lives? Would you clear the air today We ask you to move and to do and to work. We believe today what your word says that the same spirit that God raised Jesus from the dead is alive in me. It's alive in us. And because of that, we can overcome. Because of that, we can be victorious. Because of that, we can shake free from the addiction, from the bondage, from the chain, from the baggage, 
So today we say goodbye. We say goodbye to the bag that hasn't been able to let go. We say goodbye right now. Spirit of the living God, would you breathe over There is freedom in Jesus' name. There is freedom in Jesus' name. If you need, if you, if you feel God tugging at your heart and you say, I believe it and I receive it, I choose, I make the decision, I make the choice to believe it, I'm gonna invite you to just come to run to this altar. I'm going to invite you to come right now. If you're believing for a new season, if you're believing for a new day, if you believe that fear is not your future, if you believe that your past, that, that the, whatever has weighed you down, whatever has held you down, that, that today is a new beginning right now, I'm going to invite you to come. Would you be so bold enough? Would you be so courageous enough and just say, I'm going to step out in faith. I've never done this before, but I'm going to believe that today, I'm going to believe today that God will do a new work, that God will do a new work in my life, that God, that, that the old is gone, that the past is the past, that, that I'm going to step into my God-given destiny, that whatever has been a part of my story to this point is no longer a part of my story. I'm believing right now for a new day. And you're saying right now I'm believing a new day for my family, for my marriage, for my home, for my family, for my career. I'm believing in a new day right now. I refuse to let this be continue being a part of my story. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus, right now, God, we make a decision together and we declare uh, that every bag, every bag, every bag is done with. Right now, we declare that it is uh, the past. We declare it to be over in our lives today God the baggage of anger and frustration the bag the baggage of discord the baggage of addiction the baggage of poor choices right now we leave it at the feet of Jesus right now we leave it at the foot of the cross God and we declare God that we will step in to what you have for us I declare that peace is here and joy is here I declare that love is here I declare that restoration is here. I declare that your goodness is here. I declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. There is, there is, there is a new season for 